Are you managing a venue or putting together an event that needs a little more entertainment? Aquarius Productions can put a show together uh, catered to your audience. Whether it's music or comedy, they will bring life to the space you provide. Are you a traveling musician or comedian looking for an extra gig? They can find a spot for you. Are you an up-and-comer unsure of how to get your song mixed, your music video put together, or your set filmed? Aquarius has your back. Message their Facebook or Instagram for details. And as always, thank you to our Patreon supporter, Mr. Craig Kinnemer, and let's start the show. Well, that music means it is Wednesday night, and it is time for the Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Tom Arnold, if he was actually funny, Jacob Craig. (laughs) And our guest tonight is a mobile comedian who has been on the scene for years, man. This guy is a killer. Uh, He has upcoming dates that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the Mobile Comedy Festival that's coming up. Give it up. For the OG himself, Mr. Carson Taylor. How you doing today, Carson? Woo-hoo. I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Good. Doing all right, man. Sweet. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, yeah, what, you, for sure. what have you been up to during this pandemic thing, dude? What have, what have you been doing to keep busy? Uh, I've never stopped working. I think I was off for maybe one month, two months out of the whole shindig. And then... Uh, and then taking care of my kids when I'm not at work, get on stage. So that's been about it. Work, kids, and some stage time. Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. How many kids do you have? Don't you have like three kids? I have two. Two, okay. I'm not going to try to give you another one. No, if you know something I don't, <laughs> I would like that information as soon as possible. <laughs> How do you find time to, uh, to, to get on stage with two kids to take care of? Uh, well, you bring a change of diapers with you. <laughs> That's, Jacob has to do that anyway. Uh, make sure the bottles are all filled up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure I have my diaper because you never know. Um, yeah, right. But, yeah, no. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, my girlfriend definitely, she helps out a lot. Uh, that's my youngest's mom. And so, uh, youngest's, whatever. I don't know. I think that was a little bit of Yiddish. But so, uh, yeah, no, she definitely helps out. We alternate, you know, uh, shifts, I guess you'd say, when we're not working. So I pace around a lot. This could go from light to dark on my end at any moment. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I like the freedom of these Zoom podcasts because it's like, hey, I can just, you know, everyone can take a tour of my apartment as yeah. I'm communicating. Yeah. I think our audience is going to really love seeing Carson Taylor's episode of Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like mattresses. Is about it. <laughs> but I know that you're an OG of the Mobile comedy scene, man. How long have you been doing comedy, and how long have you been doing comedy in Mobile? Uh, seven years and seven years in Mobile. Nice. Um, yeah, I started at the Blind Meal, uh, 2014. Yeah, and Zeke Buckholz was the one because we've been friends since freshman year of high school, and I used to go there and watch him do stand up. Uh, and I saw him do it like four times and he kept telling me, he's like, man, I feel like you could do this. I feel like you could do this. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a musician. I'm a musician. And then I signed up one day and I was like, oh my God, this is my new addiction. And I just never stopped. I know that That's feeling. Crazy, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, you do music too, right? Uh, that's something else that you have to balance with two kids, stage time, work, music. Yeah. Are you uh, are you still active in the music uh, industry? Yeah, me and Zeke, uh, we make songs all the time with our band, uh, Shropshire Collective, a bunch of members. Ryan Adams, who y'all know, he's my roommate. He's in the group with us. So we got a bunch of people with us, and uh, we all find time still with our work schedules to meet up as much as possible. And GarageBand actually made it so much easier because it's like, uh, you know, you don't have to set up all the equipment in the world. It's like, I'll just hook the bass up to this interface and we'll, we can record real quick, you know? Oh, yeah. So we found time. It's been nice. We've still been making a bunch of music videos. We probably have like five music videos out right now on Facebook. If you follow Shropshire Collective, you can see a bunch of weirdos. Rap. That's <laughs> definitely what it is. Uh, it was yeah. very bizarre for me to watch because it's literally just the entire mobile comedy scene rapping in a music video. Yeah, that pretty much is it. And then, like, different friends that we know on the side will get them to be in the video. Like, my friend Carlos, he used to do stand-up. Uh, we worked together in a restaurant, and I was like, hey, you want to be in a video? And he was like, hell yeah. And then so uh, we just had him dressed as a a man in prison, and he was riding a bike with a basket, and that was it. And he was perfect. He was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and game over for that, dude. That sounds – that's you – your guys' videos, though, are actually, like, some of the most entertaining ones I've ever seen. Because oh, like, I feel you. like you do bring that comedy aspect to the video, you know, when you're, when you're yeah. you know, filming the whole thing. Um, as far as comedy goes, though, man, I remember the first time I actually ever met you. I'm going to be honest. Uh, before we ever even met in person, I had already done shows in Mobile, like, a lot. I had already done, like, yeah. 10 shows in Mobile. And everyone kept telling me, like, man can't wait till you meet Carson. Wait till you see Carson, dude. And it got to the point where I was like, dude, fuck this Carson guy. <laughs> There's no way he's as good as, as these people are saying, right? Yeah. And so... I understand that. I would feel the exact same way. And also, it's also weird to hear that because I'm like, ugh, now I, I hate myself now. Like, I don't want to fucking... A lot of pressure. Don't do dude. that to me. And here's what happened. You, you came to a show that I was booked at and... um. You showed up, and there was there was a spot for an opener. So Carson, uh, no, not Carson, Compton Smith put you up as the opener, and we were talking yeah. before the show. And you're you're the fucking nicest guy in person. We were just talking, shooting the shit. And I think you told me the story about one of the first times you ever went to jail, or something like that. And I remember you told me the story, and it was funny and everything. And then you went on stage and told the story that you just told to me and absolutely killed with it oh and yeah yeah that I, was that when was i bike shop yes it was at the bike shop yeah, that's yeah, right yeah. and i didn't understand at the time because i'm such a joke writer it blew my mind that you just told the story and then told it again on stage and it actually like did well appreciate that i uh i think i forgot is i've done that a couple times where I'll just be talking to another comedian and we'll be sharing stories and I'll bring up a story. And then I'm like, Oh man, you know what? I forgot that that happened. I haven't thought about that in a while. And then it's like, right, right when I'm called next, I'm like, I would try out that story and just see what happens. And if you, if you stay animated and confident enough, I guess sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it has not worked, but <laughs> that time I got lucky. <laughs> 
Look, but that's when I knew that what everyone was saying to me was true because you have to have some really solid comedy IQ to just on a whim bring up a story that you just told and actually do it on stage just in any capacity because there's no telling like if that's going to bomb in front of an audience or not because you're just you just did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nerve-wracking, but also it makes it more exciting, because sometimes, like, you know, I think we all get so tired of our jokes, especially the ones that, like, you keep trying to develop, but it just kind of stays where it's at, and then it's like, I don't, sometimes I get, I hate it when comedy feels like I'm just, like, reading a movie script to an audience every night, like, reciting a play that I've written about myself, it gets kind of boring, so it's like I try to throw in, like, a, something that I haven't really done that much or just it was just a thought or a conversation I just had. It's like, oh, I'll see what happens. Yeah, it's kind of uh, dangerous yeah, to do it at a book show, much less a, uh, you know, I mean, that's something you I would I could see doing at an open mic, but if I'm in a book show, there's no way I'm going to try to do like a new story I've never told before. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'll still try to do it sometimes just as, uh, I don't know, like, I feel like when comedy said it's best is like, for me personally, for myself, it's like whenever I get that nerves turns into sweat and I'm in like sink or swim, like I'm in that mode where it's like this has to work or I'm fucked. Yeah. And then so it's like, I'm just going to now I have to just go for it and make sure it's good. And then I just always like in those moments where I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. I just remember it's like, don't be afraid to pause in an awkward amount of time, because uh, even though we're not the biggest Bill Cosby fans in the world. Uh, he taught me a lot about long pauses and things when I used to watch like himself and all that. And uh, the way that he would have like, I don't know, I just learned that in those moments where it's like, ooh, I'm really nervous. It's like, well, then just stare one person in the eyes really hard and don't say anything for five seconds before you start your next sentence. And you'll get something out of that. That's I actually uh, never thought, really thought about that you know, just taking time to pause because I hate pauses. I feel like there needs to be always something being said or, you know, the, like the dead air thing on state. I'm scared to death of it. And I don't, I don't know why. Oh yeah. No, it's terrifying. It never stops being terrifying, but I, uh, I start like, I start thinking about like, uh, if comedy, sometimes like when you go and say Ryan Jetton, uh, taught me, uh, he was a comedian that basically started Mobile Comedy. And um, he used to tell me that he used to make all of his set lists like a storyline to a movie. Like if the first joke was about being in the shower, then the second joke was like going out to get coffee. And then the third joke would be like going to work. And then it kind of felt like you're watching a character really go through a thing. And so uh, I thought about that a lot. And then I thought like, well, yeah, if you throw in long pauses, it's kind of like moments in a movie where it's like, the heartbeat, the scary moment where someone's slowly looking around a corner before something pops out or whatever. And so it yeah. all kind of adds into the storyline that the, the set is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also when you're on stage, I feel like a lot of comics don't realize that you have literally all the power. Oh, yeah. Like you're literally above everyone else and you're louder than everyone else. So if you want to take a pause, then just do it. Yeah. <laughs> No, you I mean, might as well. Yeah. The worst, the worst thing that you can do is bomb. Comedy, very... I, I, you'd be shocked at, like... Like, the audience would be shocked how many people come up to comedians or have come up to me and been like, uh, man, so, like, do you... How often do you get heckled? Or, like, have you ever been in a fight? 
And I'm like, why do people think at all open mics, it always ends with someone getting punched in the face or something. It's like, dude, most people don't care what we have to say in the first place. We have to try to make them care yeah. a little bit. Well, sometimes it does end with people getting punched in the face. I, I have, I have witnessed, in seven years, though, I've only witnessed, I think, three fights, and I've only been kicked off stage one time. So... That's a good nah, track record. Know. Yeah. You're, you're, you're batting at least like, I don't know anything about baseball, but I'm just going to say 900. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if yeah, that's good or my, bad. I wish my jokes were batting 900. Then if I can, we'd really be making some money. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to Google batting averages after this to make sure <laughs> and see yeah, if I no, embarrass I myself like, or not. If, no, if you're batting like 376, you're like in the Hall of Fame. So it's okay. really like one, like one out of three. If you're hitting the ball one out of three times, you're going to make it to Canton, Ohio. All That's right. where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. <laughs> yes. but yeah. Dude, speaking of movie scripts, I remember the last time we talked, because you, you're a huge movie guy, specifically for old movies, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I do watch a lot of old movies. Like, the newest thing that I've been watching is Finding Nemo <laughs> and, and, uh, and Malcolm in the Middle, which are both 20 years old. So, my uh, God, to, dude. To me, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, Finding Nemo. And people are like, well, it's so cool your son likes those old movies. And I was like, that came out like yesterday in my mind. That doesn't feel like it was 2003. Yeah. yeah. Finding Nemo was the first movie I ever saw in theaters when I was three years really? old. Really? No first yeah. That's badass. The, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. My mom was like a weird... She, my mom didn't care what I saw as a kid, which I'm so thankful for because I feel like she really developed a lot of my sense of humor. And just seeing adult things and like when you get older you're like well that's ridiculous like everything feels like a movie now you know what i mean and so uh she uh yeah she was just like i went to when i was in kindergarten she took me to see scary movie the first one uh i saw i i was eight years old and we saw red dragon that was exciting oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah that one was i remember okay that that movie was funny to me at when i got older it kind of scarred me a little bit not gonna lie, sure. that freaked me out. Um, because <laughs> I didn't realize at that age that actors were actors. I thought the person I saw in the movie was just that person all the time. And so my favorite movie, when that movie came out in 2002, my favorite movie at the time was Twister. Because my dad <laughs> let me get it from Blockbuster with him. So I watched Twister, and Philip Seymour Hoffman was hilarious in that movie. As a kid, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Twister was like my hero. Uh, I think his name was Dewey or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, next thing you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in Red Dragon. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, dude, it's my favorite guy. And then he gets stripped to his underwear and tied in a chair and then put in a shopping cart and set on fire <laughs> as he's being pushed down a hill. And that was like, okay, well, there goes all my hope in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> My favorite guy just just got set on fire. Um, but yeah, I remember my mom was just weird. She loved art on the most extreme level always. And she uh, she's one of those ladies 
Yeah, there was lots of cats and lots of crazy coffee mugs that she would collect, and all of her soap looked like moon rocks. Um, <laughs> she's just an artsy kind of mom. And so I remember being like 13, and I was like, yeah, my dad told me to never watch this movie called A Clockwork Orange. He mm. said that it's like this horrible thing. To... And my mom was like, Carson, you have to watch that movie. Stanley Kubrick is a genius. And I was like, okay. So I watched A Clockwork Orange, and I loved it. Yeah, me and... But, I, I, so, yeah, I feel like a lot of the times... I tried to... I, I had gave I Jacob a, a list of movies, uh, of must-watch movies uh, a while back, and Clockwork Orange yeah. is on that list. This is a running thing on our show is Jason always gives me movies that I haven't seen that I have to watch. So have you seen it yet or no? No, I haven't fucking seen it yet, dude. Where am I going to find the time? Look, this motherfucker just made me watch Halloween 3. He's like, dude, Halloween 3 is like the best movie in the series, even though it doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. And if you know anything about Halloween 3, you know it sucks giant donkey dicks. It is the worst fucking movie. So I'm not looking forward to the other movies you suggested to me. I don't know anything about Halloween 3, but I do, I've seen Halloween 4, and the only reason I liked Halloween 4 is because it had Sasha Green in it, who is the guy with the overalls and the kind of hair that's like separated like this and dazed and confused. He's the one that fake punches the kid before he slides in the door. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in Halloween 4, and I remember I liked that movie in high school just because I was like, I can can roll with Sasha Green. He's pretty cool. I don't remember anything. I think I'm the only one that... that Sasha Green, that's all I can tell you. It's pretty good. Well, Carson, you need to watch Halloween 3 so that I didn't have to suffer alone. Okay, I'll watch Halloween 3. I'll give you one to watch, though. If you don't watch The Clockwork Orange, watch Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. Mm. Okay, I'll add it to the list, and I'll make a note next to it that says Carson's suggestion so that I know not to blame it on Jason if it's horrible. (laughs) I think by the time it ends, you're going to just be mad at me because you'll be like, no one told me that movie was going to be that fucking long. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But I like it. So is it over or under Casino? Three hours long. Okay, so under Casino. As long as it's under Casino, I'm fine. I can't watch Casino to this day. Why? Just because it's too long? Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm into it. I like it. Way too long. I'm going to have to watch it over a period of three days. No, I. the longer the movie, the better. Like, I feel like I can, like, I've truly my whole world outside, away from the screen goes away and it's like dude I am living this life now it has been three hours in these people's shoes I feel like I am these people now like I get but like a you ever seen Once Upon a Time in uh, America no, 1984 I Sergio Leone no oh I man it's like that. four hours and 20 minutes long it's got, yeah, it's got Robert De Niro and James Wood uh and it is intense. It goes from the years like 1914 all the way to like 1968 or something in New York crime movie. So it's, I take it you must dig the Snyder cut of uh, Justice League. No, I don't actually watch any superhero movies. The last superhero movie I watched was the first Avengers. I saw it in theater wow. in 2012, <laughs> and I haven't seen one since then. So I don't... I don't know what's going on in the Star Wars universe or the superhero universe at all. People say these, like, and then this guy did this, and I'm like, who is that? And they're like, you didn't see? And I'm like, oh, Lord. It's like, 
not seeing superhero movies and stuff. It's like being an anti-vax. People are just instantly <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> yeah. Look, I re- I respect it when when people just don't watch them. It's when people yeah. don't watch them and they go on their Facebook like, I can't believe you guys are fucking watching all these movies. Like that's what pisses me off is when people are super proud of not watching them. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. No. I don't. It's not that. Okay. I look at it this way. Not that I'm not proud of it. I got in this argument. It wasn't an argument. This lady was just getting on my nerves. There was the argument. But so she just kept talking about Mortal Kombat to me for like an hour. She was like, and then this guy does this, and Sub-Zero says this, but he really comes back as this guy. <laughs> and I just was like, look, I, just, I have to focus on my children's storylines. I can't get into all these character storylines. Like, it's just I don't have the time for it. Right. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I'm focusing on my own story. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've never even seen Iron Man. I've seen I haven't seen a single Iron Man. I just I and people are mad at me about that. Truly mad. I'm like, well, you haven't seen Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments. Who are you? (laughs) Dude, I know you do a bit about this about how you love black exploitation films, right? So I really, yes. really want to talk about what your favorite black exploitation films are. Well, my favorite one is Coffee uh, with Pam Greer. Okay. Oh yeah, C C O F F Y came out in 1973. I have a Coffee poster. I don't have it hanging up anymore, but uh, it's like that's like my my favorite poster of all time. It's just her racking a shotgun and a bunch Hell of yeah, shit. dude. Uh, did we lose audio? Yeah, I think we lost audio again. We lost audio? Ah, there ah, you are. There you are, buddy. I didn't hear anything after Pam Greer racking a shotgun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She's like racking a shotgun. And then, uh, she, uh, I don't know, the Roy Ayers, uh, did the soundtrack. This is, uh, the most, uh, He's the most sampled artist in all of hip hop or rap. Uh, he's oh, been nice. sampled more than uh, Parliament or James Brown, and uh, wow. he does the soundtrack to Coffee. And uh, he has a song on there called "Coffee Is the Color." That is, it has the nastiest xylophone solo you've ever heard in your life. You never thought that you never thought the xylophone could be gangster until you hear "Coffee Is the Color" by Roy Ayers. <laughs> Dude, I really want to watch this movie now. Me Anything too. with Pam Greer in it makes me want to punch myself. Pam Greer is oh, yeah, great. She, you know, she played not she did Jackie Brown in the nineties, but in nineteen seventy four she was Foxy Brown. Yeah, uh, and then she does another movie like a, a. I always forget this name. It's like Women from Bird Island or The Bird Island. It's her and like three. It's kind of a, like a Charlie's Angels kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, the other day, I saw uh, Sheba Baby on TV and decided Sheba to watch it. Sheba Baby. <laughs> that's, no, that's good for a couple laughs. I, uh, the, my favorite one that I have that no one's ever seen is uh, I was at um, Barnes & Noble. Or no, it was Books A Million. Bam. But uh, I was at Books A Million, and I was just digging through their, like, fucking please get these DVDs out of here, Rack. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was digging through that and I found this movie called The Black Godfather 
And in my yes. mind, I was like, wait a second. Are you telling me they take the entire movie, The Godfather, and it's an all-black cast? Because, yes, we do more of that. I want to see this movie. But no, it was just a whole another storyline called The Black Godfather. And uh, it's incredible, dude. There's this one scene where this guy is, like, tied to a chair, and there's, like, 12 dudes all slowly walking towards it, like, way too slow. Like, you know how, like, in movies, when you're yeah. about to get killed, they really heighten the suspense? Like, I feel like in real life, it's like, let's get rid of this guy ASAP so we can figure out what to do with the body. But in movies, it's like, nah, let's walk to him one foot per 10 seconds at a time <laughs> as they build the 70s acid-out synthesizer in the background that's going crazy, like a fucking Frank Zappa song. But, uh, yeah, no, that movie's amazing. The Black Godfather. I miss 70s style uh, soundtracks. It was like they weren't afraid to like use the weirdest instruments back in the 70s. Yeah. They were just dude, like, let's just, I know. what is this? Let's use this. And yeah. like make an entire soundtrack around it. Yeah. You guys want to hear me rock this loot real quick, yeah. bro? <laughs> yeah. Glockenspiel engaged. But, uh, man. Let's go ahead and talk about some of your upcoming shows you got, man, because I know you got shows booked. What you got coming up? Uh, July 23rd, I will be in Panama City. Um, and then, to be honest with you, I'm in the process of booking things. That's all I got right now. Uh, well, so what I've been told is I, told that you, I was told that you're going on tour with me May 27th through the 29th. Oh, see, I was waiting for that to get confirmed, confirmed, but... Okay, cool. We well, are doing that then. So I, 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 let me tell you live on the podcast, Carson. You got shows, buddy. Hell yeah, dude! I feel like I just won a contest. This is great. It's like <laughs> this is better than Good Morning America. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, man. So we're gonna be going on tour together. Uh, May twenty seventh at uh, the Tracks in Long Beach. May twenty eighth at Slapsticks in Panama City, and May 29th at the Electric Piano Parlor in Mobile will be myself and Carson amongst other people to, to come Man. see. Dude, we need to make really... another Slapsticks uh, show together, Jacob, because the last time we were there was the... the What are we calling that night? The uh... <laughs> I don't know, like the worst night of comedy I've ever had. <laughs> but it the was great for... Wasn't... It was great for material, though. Yeah, the next time wasn't much better. <laughs> that place yeah. is always a trip dude like if you guys are listening from anywhere near panama city florida you have to come to this bar just to see the crazy shit that's gonna happen like because you yeah. don't know what the fuck is gonna go down when you go in there and it's so entertaining <laughs> i do i love it there i watch zeke buckholtz have one of the greatest sets i've ever seen or heard in my entire life like I feel like on any given night, you could be the greatest comedian of all time just for that night. Like, you don't even realize it, but March 7th, 2019, that night, no one could have done it better than you did it. You know what I mean? Right. And Zeke had one of those moments where he went on stage and destroyed so hard. I was like, and then I was like, I'm next. Are you kidding me? He's like, I'm, no, let's go home. It's not going to get better than that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like, he killed so hard in that room. Yeah, man. I love side sweaters. It is it is definitely possible. Um so yeah, we so we talked about your upcoming shows. You got um 
So you said that you're going to Slapsticks in July as well, slap right? Sticks. July, I said July slap <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> July 23rd. July 23rd. All right. So you Tar- Carson has dates of July 23rd at Slapsticks. Of course, we have our run that we talked about. Uh, how are you going to be involved in the Mobile Comedy Festival this year? Are you going to be competing, putting together stuff? What's going to happen? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to try to be a part of it as far as getting on stage and doing stage time. If they need me to do anything else, I'm be more than happy to. But uh, I didn't do the first one at all, so I'm definitely going to do the second one for sure. Awesome, man. Well, you know, it's been a fun conversation, man. We only get 40 minutes through the Zoom, sadly, so I see our timer is is ticking down on our conversation time. Uh, is there anything else you want to say to the people real quick while, while we have you here? Anything you want um, them to know? Anything that I want them to know. Uh, don't be afraid to take chances. That's it. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be afraid to take chances. Thanks for joining us, man. This has been a really fun conversation. You're by far one of the funniest people I've ever met in person. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure when we get to talk. Uh, Jason, what, uh, what you got to say, my man? Uh, I'm just glad that uh, you brought up pauses because that's something that I, like, I try to take a little something away from every comedian that we talk to. And uh, I've always been afraid of pauses, but now after talking to you, I think I'm going to actually try that out a little bit, like let things breathe a little bit. Cause sometimes I feel like maybe I, you know, don't let a joke sit long enough and then before launching and then the next joke. So that's going to help yeah, me like, out a lot. I think if, uh, I like, I, one thing that I started doing was if you, when you hit the punchline and you get the laugh, instead of like feeling like, oh, I got to go back into the next thing. If, if the laugh is big, it's like you definitely don't want to lose that energy. But if it's just like, all right, I got a nice laugh there. So- oh, no. He's frozen. <laughs> this man frozen like Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Zoom. Uh, right when he was imparting more comedy, I know. And the oh, there he is. Audience for like three seconds. Oh, did y'all lose me? Yeah, we lost you there for a second. There you are. Oh Lord, where'd y'all lose me at? Um, where'd we lose him at, Jacob? So you were talking about uh, right after a big laugh. To, yeah. Uh, you know what? What you do after that? After a big laugh? Oh yeah, right. Right after a big laugh, you definitely, in my opinion, want to keep that energy rolling like as, as much as possible. So you don't want to pause for too long. But if you just get like, like I was saying, I do this joke about JFK and it's about the assassination. And sometimes when I hit the punchline, instead of big laughs, I'll get more of like a oh kind of reaction. Yeah. And so in, in that moment to show that I don't care that you're upset, I'll just shrug my shoulders like I don't care. And I'll just scan the entire room to let them know, like, <laughs> go ahead and be upset now because it's not going to phase me. We're going to keep rolling. And the pauses, it can show confidence, I think. Rushing yeah. can show that you're afraid. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's exactly what I, my takeaway from that is. Carson, yeah. I'm, I'm personally afraid of spiders. What wisdom can you impart on me to not be afraid of spiders anymore? I hate spiders. I agree with you. I, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't mess with spiders. Every spider, you know, there's those people that are like, 
you know, don't hurt insects, you know, put every insect on an old envelope from something you haven't opened and take it outside. But spiders, they all die when they're in my presence. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> well, tell everybody where they can follow you on the social medias before we get out of here. Uh, on Facebook, I'm just Carson Taylor. That's my name. And then on Instagram, I am at Chasmodius Whippersnapper. That is C-H-A-Z-M-O-D-I-U-S, whippersnapper. Fantastic. Jacob, anything else before we leave tonight? And I just want you guys to join us next Wednesday when we will have a famous person. How about that? We talk to famous people on this show. Yeah, so we're going to have a few of those in the month of May, so please join us next Wednesday at 7 p.m. And uh, on Sunday, May 9th, which is Mother's Day, you can see me hosting a show at the pub in Diaboville, Mississippi. It is a Mother's Day showcase where my mother will actually get up and do some stand-up comedy just for Mother's Day. So come see how that works out. And on, I can't wait for that so you're, I can see your mom roasting you on stage. Uh, also, I'm going to be hosting the open mic <laughs> Uh, May 12th at B-Lux in Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, and I'm not sure what else I have. Other, I have other things after that, but I don't remember. So let's go ahead and get out of here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at openmikerspodcast at gmail.com. We're at openmikers on Twitter and, of course, openmikerspodcast on Facebook and openmikers.com if you'd like to join our Patreon. So let's go ahead and get out of here, and we will see you guys next week.